This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. I am a 28-year-old male, um, kind of currently taking a dating hiatus after a years-long worth of online dating, um, being on the dating apps and in-person experiences, and kind of my last dating experience kind of opened my eyes to a lot of my dating anxieties and kind of just wanted to talk about that last dating experience and the things I've kind of learned out of it. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to have you here specifically because of what you just said, the things that you've learned out of it. You know, I think we all go through such ups and downs in dating, and it's so easy to experience a down and then just feel down about it instead of doing something about it. And the most important thing that we can do for ourselves is figure out, okay, like, why did this happen? And why do I feel this way about it? And what could I do differently next time? Or what am I doing that's not serving myself? Or is it that I'm going for the wrong types of people? It's so important to like ask ourselves these questions, which is something that you did. So I'm really excited to get into it and hear everything that happened. And even more importantly, everything that you learned. So take me back to the beginning of this dating experience. Yeah, so I guess um, looking back, maybe this was a little bit more than five months ago. Um, I think I've now probably eight months going back into the dating apps. Um, one night, I decided to randomly just change my location back to my hometown. Um, don't know why, but I decided to do that, and I ended up matching with this one girl. Um, we kind of kicked it off really great on the apps. Um, I felt like there was a really great genuine connection, great conversations were happening. Then um, just let them know I was going to be back in my hometown for a weekend. And I think that's when we decided to set up our first date. Then come around that first date, um, it didn't really feel like an awkward, for, where you had those awkward first dates where you're, like, you're trying to get to know each other. I felt like we had, had like that instant, instant genuine connection where I just felt like we already knew each other. And I, I felt like we both really had a great time. 
And during those first dates, we were already talking about like our relationship expectations, things we wanted out of it, um, boundaries we had within dating, um, also personal boundaries. Then um, along the way, um, we did something that I've never done before. We already planned our second date, uh, which was mind blowing to me. It's like, oh, wow, we're already planning a second date during the first. So -hmm. that happened. And so we planned our second date for uh, two days later. Um, But um, before I get to that, I guess two important things that we talked about was um, this idea of a second date curse, <laughs> hence why I kind of like thought it was weird we were talking about a second date. I told her like, usually when I match with girls on apps, uh, I never make it past the second date. Then she kind of brought up her um, thing. She had a third date curse. It's like, yeah, usually guys never make it past the third date curse. So after hearing that, that almost got in my head. So it's like, all right, now it's very important we get to the second date and potentially even to the third and so on. Because if it's like mm-hmm. you don't make it past those, um, there's no chance we're, for an opportunity for us to be in a relationship. So Right. Well, so let me ask you this. So yours was that you don't make it past a second date. And hers was that in her mind guys don't make it past the third date. So she's putting up that barrier and say, and like being her bouncer and saying like, nope, you can't enter. Exactly. Yeah. So after hearing that, it just kind of added even more stress and anxiety on like, all right, like I gotta, I got, I have to really succeed if like, I like this person. How long were you initially going to be back home in Arizona for that in that period of time? Yeah, um, two two people surprised. I actually just bought a one way ticket back home, so I was just gonna stay there as long as possible just to see this person um, as a part of my trip. So didn't have a return date. Were you already planning on going home before you matched with her? I was. So it was very okay. coincidental, coincidental, and kind of lined up with my timeline. Um, but after planning these dates, I decided just to buy a one way ticket. <laughs> Yeah. And do you think that was also an added pressure that you have this period of time? Like, yeah, you don't have your return flight booked, but eventually you're going to go back. So you want to like get it all as much as you can while you're there. Yeah. And I think it did, even though I didn't have like an expected return date, I felt like, all right, I got to make my time here count as much as possible. So um, we ended up going, uh, we only made it up to three dates, but within those three dates were within six days. So it was super fast. Like, um, and I think it, it kind of did add to that. It's like, again, I, I have to go super fast, hit these milestone achievement number dates, um, to break our so-called curses. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of doing that, um, each time during our second date set first second third dates I would always ask like oh like how are you feeling like do you like me like are you enjoying the date um then at the end of the dates I would be like so is there a chance that we're going to go on another date I'm not like asking these reassuring questions to kind of create that confidence in my head like all right like we're able to move on and each time like I would ask her that um she said like yeah you have a good chance so like hearing that response is like all right we're, we're doing great but yeah um after the third day, I could tell, I think she was just anxious about things in her personal lives, um, school, school related, then getting that feedback. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to pull off the gas pedal, like give her some space, probably not talk about upcoming dates or dating or anything like that. So after that kind of pulled back on any kind of texting to her, uh, probably would send like one or two texts a day, not as much as I would often, but Again, pulling back. Um, two days after the third date, she kind of texts me. She's like, I've been doing a lot of thinking. And I think 
Um, we just aren't compatible and like see us, I don't see us together in a relationship just based on a couple reasons. And one of them was um, she thought we were thinking way too ahead about like these future dates. Like she thought it was great. We're talking about like boundaries and relationships, but she thought like uh, we just didn't use our time to really get to know each other. It just felt like we needed to keep going on these, pushing these dates, like second, third, fourth date, just to again, break these curses. Uh, and in her head that created a lot of anxiety for her and created her cause her to go into a flight mode of trying to cope with all these experiences. So I guess hearing that feedback, it's like, oh, wow. Like I thought I was present within these dates, but I, I tech, I kind of wasn't. It's like, I was thinking way ahead and just trying to push these future dates as opposed to really enjoying um, the current time we had. And I think, I think that's something that a lot of people experience. You know, you go on this one amazing date or you have this amazing connection before you even meet in person. And suddenly in your mind, you're like, okay, I have to make this work. Like, this is my person. Like, how do I get from here to like us being together? And we get so ahead of ourselves that, yeah, we kind of forget to be in the moment and like actually enjoying the getting to know you part because we're so just looking forward to the next thing. And that happens in every aspect of our lives too, not just in dating. But I think it's interesting that as this is happening, she is also like hyper analyzing, which shows in her response of like, oh, well, we're incompatible on like this, this and this and this and, you know, this thing and that thing. Like there's just you don't know each other that well after three dates to have this many reasons why the two of you shouldn't be together. So I feel like you both in a way had these mind games you were playing with yourselves, not even with each other intentionally, but with yourselves where there were, there was like a whole maze you had to get through or like a, puzzle you had to solve and any single thing that got in the way it's like okay I'm writing that down as a thing writing that down as a thing or okay but I need to get to that I need to finish the border of the puzzle tonight before I can go to sleep which is yours in your mind the I need the reassurance that yes I will get to that third date so that we can break our curses and I think it's so hard to clear that noise and just be present and I've been there and I'm sure so many people listening have been there too. So I don't, it's not like you did anything inherently wrong. You just got caught up. Both of you did, I think. Yeah. And I felt like everything was going great. Like I wasn't thinking, again, I was, I feel like I was very present um, leading up to the first date. Then after the first date where we're talking about boundaries and the whole idea of our curses, I think that's where my brain just kind of just hyper fixated on these a couple of things and almost dated on autopilot where um, it just pursued these different things and just didn't let me focus again on enjoying these dates, getting to know these people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like having to get to that. You need to get to that third round interview because after that you get the job. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I thought was interesting is that after that third date, you slowed down the texting because, and I, and I, I think given what you were feeling, that makes sense. But in my mind, when I first heard that, my thought was like, oh, if this person that I was going on dates with suddenly after like a good third date 
stop texting me or like really slow down the texting me, the texting, that is what would freak me out and put me on the defense and make me feel like, oh, okay, alert, alert. Like maybe something's going on here. Maybe I should end it before they do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that uh, that is very interesting take on it. And it is interesting. My, I was able to take hold of that. I was like, I got to slow down just based on her anxieties. And yeah, I felt she kind of reciprocated the same energy, like within her texting levels, see like I would text back and she would take hours uh, back um, to respond and sm- like send these like small, very non-emotional texts, maybe like three, four words sometimes. So it's like, all right, something still feels off here. And, um, you know, I'm not going to try to pay as much attention to it, but um, yeah, usually I feel like before that moment, like I started to feed into like my anxious attachment style. I'm like, oh God, like I'm not hearing quite as fast as before. Like there's not a lot of energy going on within these texts. <laughs> there's not a lot, there's not a lot of positive expectations within these essays, but I'm going to kind of try to remain hopeful and kind of like keep messaging her just in hopes like she's just super stressed about other things not related to the two of us. So. Yeah. And, and, and given though I said what I said, I do think it was respectful that you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, were you shocked when she sent that response and explanation? I was, um, when I first opened a message, the text message and I was reading it, um, I was truly shocked. Um, and it, also opened my eyes I'm like oh wow like some of my actions and behaviors that I wasn't really cognizant of or I wish I picked up right away was causing her to feel super anxious and stressed on these dates and just hearing that I felt very I felt like I was to blame like for this entire like dating experience and after reading that I blamed my entirety for like oh these this didn't work out because it was all on me um Knowing me as a person, I like to, I guess, be the person in control of the entire situation. So it's like uh, I'm in control of how it starts and ends, and I'm the one that caused it to end really badly like this. Um, so, yeah, then after hearing, like, some of her explanations, I was a little bit confused. Um, she said, like, oh, I think we expect different things out of relationships, and I feel like we never really got a chance to talk about those things. Maybe we scratched the surface, but uh, hearing her say that, it's like, I wonder what those reasons were in her head that she thought we weren't compatible or like we expected different things out of relationships. Then um, during our dates, I talked about like, hey, like if I'm ever crossing your boundary or you just feel uncomfortable doing certain things or like I'm asking these questions that you don't like, just feel free to like tell me because like I want to know and I want to avoid those in the future. Then she's like telling me about these certain things like I cross some of your boundaries. I wish you didn't ask so-and-so and it's like, oh, well, like I wish you were able to tell me like I know like you're feeling anxious and like probably some of these nerves got to you during these dates, but um, I wish I knew those things that it would have brought more self-awareness to like, oh, like I need to correct some of these actions or like pull back and stop doing these certain things like asking those reassuring questions I'm pretty sure that made her feel super anxious on all these dates you guys know that I struggle with confidence I'm always my biggest critic and when I notice something about myself that I don't like I can't stop fixating on it I'm working on all of this but it can be hard a year ago I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment when I would look down in the shower I would freak out at what I saw in the drain that's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor 
And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. You purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I want to go back to the first thing you said just now, which was that you blamed yourself. Do you still? Not anymore. <laughs> uh, sometimes when I do reflect back on the situation, like I, I enter that quick mindsets like, oh, like it's still on me. But then I'm able to, um, I guess that's one of the biggest things I learned along the way is like to give myself forgiveness. Like a lot of my data experiences, I've never been able to keep for, like, feel sorry for myself or forgive myself for how things ended. And um, after, during my dating break, after this last dating experience, um, I've been able to forgive myself and kind of learn how to give, um, it wasn't all on me. It's a two-way street. Like that's, again, the other biggest thing I learned is like both people um, affect the outcome, how things turn out. It's, it's, it's not, it's not all on me. That's exactly why I asked because that's, what I was hoping you would say. And I think that is so important because more often than not, we completely blame ourselves and we're like, well, I did this wrong. And had I done this differently, then maybe it would have worked out or, you know, it's all my fault that it didn't, that we didn't end up together. And the reality is like compatibility and chemistry together are really difficult to find with somebody. And more often than not, it's not going to work out like nine out of 10 times, even more than that, it's not going to work out with the person. And that doesn't mean that you were in the wrong. That doesn't mean that they were in the wrong, but not everybody is going to be a fit. And sometimes personalities clash, values are misaligned. Timing is off. People are in just not the right headspace or the right place at the right time for it to work. And so I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's really important to note to anyone who is blaming themselves, like it's probably not just you. And it's not that anybody did anything wrong or said this one thing that made the situation like erupt. It's just that it wasn't compatible or it wasn't the right time and you're just not the right fit. Yeah. And I think, um, along the way before I learned how to like forgive myself, um, I feel like in this dating that last dating experience, um, in my head, I had like, I feel like all the correct dating behaviors, like, I guess the big one I'm trying to reference is like the idea of the one, like <laughs> after like a year of like going on dating apps and stuff like, you know, like I don't believe in the one I, um, I feel like if you start believing in the one, you start hyper fixating on the potential, the future, start thinking about that stuff. And it's kind of funny, like when I matched with her, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like one thing I learned along the way is like, you can't think about 
the future potential of your partner like within the first couple of dates and like that's one of the topics we talked about then like after the first date I feel like my mind just like all right let's let's behave like those bad dating behaviors you you like you know you shouldn't be following but like we're good. for some reason it just grasped it grasped it on and I was like oh I think this is the one like I think this is the girl for me and like I just started thinking about the future future potential and all these dates so it's like before and leading up to the first date like I was like probably in like um the best healthy dating mindset then after that I feel like it just did a complete 180 and I was doing everything I said I wanted why do you think you thought she was the one so soon yeah I think during our first messages on the dating apps and the things we were talking about over text and on the first dates, there was a lot of common interests and similarities that I never found within other first dates and and girls. So like we were talking about like music interests, things we grew up and everything just seemed to align and very, it just seemed like they were almost like me in a sense. So it's like, it just felt very comfortable opening up to them. Like it kind of, allowed me to lower down like my like shield and boundaries and like be a little bit more vulnerable which I've never done before on like other first dates so it's like a combination of similarities um her creating like almost a safe environment for me to like talk about like my past dating experiences um talking about what we expect out of relationships um so that's like the first time I really felt that way that and I think that's what made me feel like oh she could have potentially been like a quote unquote the one yeah that makes sense and and that's what's so hard about I think dating in 2023 dating just right now at dating apps is we paint a picture of this person based on messages and that's before we even meet them like before we even meet someone we're already like oh my god this needs to work and we're already putting that pressure on ourselves but also the added pressure on them to live up to that expectation that we've set for them. And it is so difficult to not do that and to just match with somebody, converse a little bit, set up a date and leave it all for the date. Like that's really how it should be, but nobody does that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like on the first date, it just felt like it felt like to me, from my POV, the first and second date didn't even feel like first and second dates. It felt like... You'd known each other forever. Like. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I feel like we weren't even talking about ourselves at that point. Like, we did, like, the first couple of minutes. But I feel like, again, once I started feeling that way, um, I feel like we started talking about almost um, future relationship stuff or, like, non-relationship stuff. Basically, it's like we weren't building the foundation to see if we were compatible or like getting to know each other more Um, yeah so and I guess another thing that she made me feel that way again going back to the idea of why I thought she was the one was um before her like um, other first dates like I feel like I wasn't able to be a hundred percent like fully myself maybe I hid certain parts of like my personality and certain interests um I'll give I'll give one example like I'm a very nerdy and quirky guy like growing up I love anime so like I could talk about it for years and days and I would hide that part of me um on first dates but um with her I was able to it just came out naturally and it just helped me be comfortable 
being myself as opposed to putting up maybe like 78% of my true personality. Yeah, I totally get that. What, where did you begin with your healing process? Yeah, so after um, the third date, her text me like, I don't think things are going to work out. And she, her giving me the reasons why like our anxieties feeding into each other, me like asking these reassuring questions, um, just getting that feedback. And I asked her, she was like, hey, like, can you let me know like what really happened? Like, I just wanted, I know like something, I shouldn't expect a response back if I ask those kind of questions, but she was polite enough to like answer some of those questions and like, hey, like you made me feel anxious because of X, Y, Z. So um, after getting all that feedback, it really opened my eyes um, to my dating behaviors and my own anxiety. And after that, it's like, all right, like maybe I just need to take a step back from just dating apps and dating in general to work on myself. And I think that really encouraged me to, and that, this is probably the biggest positive takeaway from this is I started to see a therapist for the first time. And um, a month after that dating experience, I started having weekly meetings with my therapist. And um, I just told her about this, like this dating experience. And I'm like, hey, like, I would love to like, have you help me understand why I feel these certain ways. I'm like, how do I build like these coping mechanisms to help me like kind of step back from those mindsets and kind of develop those corrective actions. So I never do these things again or make people feel anxious. So now I've been seeing the same therapist for like five, six months. And it's been great. Like we've been been able to talk about um, a lot of things about myself. And I feel like that's probably the biggest factor to how that's helped me grow as a person. And I guess on top of that, just listening to relationship podcasts that I, with other people that I could relate to that have very similar dating experiences. And it kind of just reminded me, like, I'm not alone in all of this. There's people out there who've gone through the same thing. And just hearing uh, the conversations they're having and the things they've learned, it's like opened my eyes. So I'm like, hey, maybe I need to look at it from this POV of why things didn't work out or like, Maybe these are some big lessons to me that I need to apply to myself. So, It is so awesome that you took this experience that didn't go the way you wanted and turned it into, okay, how can I be better? Like, what do I need to do differently? And what can I learn about myself and about dating to end up, you know, in the place that I want with the person that I want? And I really commend you for actually asking her for that feedback because that's not an easy thing to do and there's a good chance she would just wouldn't have answered wouldn't have given you any but you took the risk and it definitely paid off in this case where you had all these like action items of like okay here are things that I need I should work on or you know the other part of it is some of the things on that list might not even be like bad things they just may have been things that didn't work for her and so I think it's also important that you have like your therapist now and you've got on this like self-awareness and self-growth journey so you can know okay some of these things there are things about you that you don't want to change but there are also ways you can do things differently and I think it's really important to recognize both things that you know yes there are dating behaviors that are healthier or versus like less healthy but then there are also things about you that are about you that just because it didn't work for one person doesn't mean that they were bad behaviors. So I'm curious, is there anything that she said that you're like, actually, no, like that wasn't wrong or bad of me to do. It just didn't work for her. 
Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, that's actually a good question. Um, trying to think to one. Um, and I guess this is actually a, a mindset shift. Um, when I was first talking to my therapist, I thought asking these reassuring questions wasn't bad. I thought they were like, hey, like, why can't I ask? Like, if you're having a good time, it almost felt like, like, just to, again, just to make sure, like, hey, like, if I, I thought it was like a way to, make sure like, hey, if I'm doing anything wrong or crossing any boundaries, like let me know. I thought that was a good way to frame it. But um, along the way, she was able to like, I guess, tell me like, it's almost like I'm putting too much focus on the other person as opposed to like my own needs. And um, it kind of took away from my own dating experiences. So um, I think that's probably the one that comes to mind. I feel like me seeing a therapist was basically, it was just like, you have a lot of these, I don't want to say bad 
Um, but it's like, all right, maybe it's like, you have a lot of these dating anxieties we could improve. Totally. It's interesting that the, that questioning like, oh, am I going to get to that next date? That's definitely something I've asked. Um, <laughs> and being on the flip side of it, I've also had people ask me that. And I've had people ask me that when I don't feel a connection and the date in my eyes is not going well and I have zero interest in seeing them again. And I think I've talked about this with a previous guest, but it's such a tough scenario when you don't feel like, because you don't want to let the person down right then and there. But I've done that where somebody is like, like we're walking out at the end of the date and they're like, I'd love to see you again. Like I had a great time. Like, can I take you out another date? And I'm like, yeah, totally. Like I also had a great time. Like we'll figure something out. And then the next day I'm sending that like anti-ghosting text and I feel like an asshole because of it. Mm-hmm. That- but I also understand the desire for the reassurance. So it's really, it's like a really tough, like fine line to walk. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm trying to think if I ever asked those questions on past dates. Um, doesn't sound familiar though on the, the one for my last dating experience, but I don't know. I feel like it kind of, it could, depending on the person, it, it could blur the lines of if that is a good or bad thing. And I guess one of the other reassuring questions I was asking this girl is like, how, how did, uh, how do I compare it to like your last first date? Like I was, I was basically like trying to stack myself up to like these other guys. Again, I was looking for quick ways to build up my confidence and like, yeah. you know, I, I just want to see like how these other guys are doing, like compared to us. And like, she would give me that answer. And that was like one of the other pieces of feedback. She's like, yeah, I just felt uncomfortable. Like when you asked me like how my other first dates were, um, that was a question that I never asked other girls before this was the first time I I asked someone that so I'm asking all these validating questions to kind of build up my confidence and have that assurance future dates are going to happen definitely hurt um, the entire experience I feel like you put so much pressure on yourself in this situation yeah (laughs) it kind of goes back to that idea of like I want to be in control of how things turn out so it's like I'm the factor of if things are going to work or not. Uh, and it does suck that I put all this pressure on myself because it's like, I feel like I'm putting in all the effort and when things turn out poorly or things don't work out, um, I do treat myself like badly and blame myself and kind of puts my mindset in a very dark place. And again, there wasn't a whole lot of love for me like after the end of it. So um, it, yeah, that's, it's really hard to kind of expand on that, but the pressure did yeah. just put a lot of uh, stress on me. Have you spoken to her since? <laughs> so I have, but it was very brief. Um, so I guess kind of rewind back, um, when I was asking for her feedback, I guess I had the wrong intentions of why I was asking that. Basically, I was asking that to see if like, all right, maybe if she tells me why things didn't work out, I could correct it now. And maybe we we work on it now and go on these future dates. Um, again, that didn't happen. So um, in my letter, I think I like lot the logical thing is like he'll move on from this girl, but I'm a very stubborn guy. So it's like, again, going back to the idea of the one, it's like, you know what, like, I still feel something there. Like we didn't re like now knowing what 
what like cause this thing to go right. Like I feel like I have the solutions and I'm in a better mindset after starting to see the therapist to kind of make things work. So um, I told myself, you know, what? I'm not going to send a text message after three months. Like maybe we'll go like no contact for like three months. Um, give us enough space. So three months after our last date talking on text, I decided to, and I'm back home um, where uh, not from my hometown uh, working. Uh, so I decided to send her a text saying like, hey, like this song, uh, one of her favorite artists actually like popped up on the radio at work. Like it made me think of you. Like, I hope you're doing great. And she ended up responding. She's like, oh, like, I appreciate that's a really good compliment. Um, then um, just kind of kept our text message short and sweet. Just I was asking her like, how's school doing? I know like it's around finals week. And she was like, just telling me how she was kind of feeling stressed and stuff like that. Then I told her, I'm like, hey, like, make sure you're just taking care of yourself and kind of left it at that. Like, you know, it's like, um, you know, I was kind of eager to like, hey, like, let's catch up even more. But it's like, you know, like the me tr trying to reconnect and reestablish this communication. It's like, all right, you know, it's just don't even think about dating. Just see how, how each other are doing. So after that, two weeks later, I was back in my the hometown for the holidays, uh, decided to send her a text message and say like, hey, I'm back in town, like would love to grab coffee and catch up and didn't get a text message back. <laughs> so that was the last time um, we kind of talked. It's tough because three months of no contact is really impressive. But then you weren't just sending her well wishes, you were trying to open the door back up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it I had to fight all these impulses. And, you know, this was still early on, on like my journey of like healing and learning, like, again, maybe this was a month or two into therapy, um, scratching the surface of things, learning about myself. And, you know, like I was testing myself, I was like, do I send this text message? Like, oh, I do it. Do I have the right intentions? And, you know, like even, yes, I failed like <laughs> what, I, what I shouldn't be doing. But um, yeah, I was really still hung up over her. And um, and I felt like I was like telling myself like, oh, you learn these great things out of like therapy and all these podcasts, like let's use them to again, get my foot back in the door and like show her like, I'm a new and improved person who's learned things. And I think I was right. building that narrative for me. It's like, all right, like, I want to show her that I've learned things out of our dating experiences. And like, I could, things are better. Things are better this time around. If we're able to like just catch up or do something together. It's like the final test. It's like, okay, you made it through the whole course, but now you have to pass the final. But re like really how you do on the final doesn't actually matter. What matters is what you learned. But you're like, okay, but I need to prove to her too that like I'm different now and this can work. But I'm curious, did reaching back out and having that conversation, do you think that helped you or hurt you? Reaching out, I think it did help me. And I, f I feel like I'm also a person who lives, not lives, uh, learns a lot from just um, mistakes or like things not turning out how they uh, turn out. Like, so I learned a lot from failures and stuff like that. So after not hearing back from her, when I texted her, I'm like, hey, let's catch up. I'm in town. Um, it almost closed, I guess, our ch my chapter with her in a sense. It's like, you know, what, like maybe this wasn't meant to be like, maybe she still feels the same way. Um, maybe there's other factors. I don't even know what's happening. Maybe she does still have feelings for me, but just 
it can't communicate that right um but it prompted me to like all right let's continue with like your healing journey and like growth about yourself and kind of put this past you and kind of not do this again um so i did learn a lot about it um how to mostly move on um you know there will be glimpses and subtle reminders of her um and it does make me think about the great times we had within that short time period but um, i'm able to kind of take a step back from those feelings analyze everything and um, tell myself like all right this is why you're feeling this way like um let's experience it really quickly then move on and like because the more time you think about it the more control it'll have over kind of our life so yeah I do think in a way though it's not what you wanted I think her not answering that last text was the best thing for you Mm. because it pushes you to continue to just do you and work on you for you not for her and I think that that may have been something where in those first few months maybe some of that motivation to go to therapy and to grow and work on, you know, dating anxiety and stuff was to prove to her like, Hey, I can do this. I can be quote unquote better or those things that I did last time. I won't do again this time around. Mm -hmm. And when I did reach out and things didn't, she didn't respond back. I kind of asked myself, like, did I actually go to therapy for the right reasons? Like, did I just use this as an excuse to, again, get my foot back in the door with this specific girl and like improve myself. And I tell myself like that I didn't use it that as the excuse, like, like, I f- again, I feel like I built that narrative about it when, as soon as I reached out, it's like, Oh God, like maybe I did go to therapy for the wrong reasons, but totally did not. Um, still, still an awesome experience, but yeah, just, it, it was wild. <laughs> You know what, though? I I think it doesn't matter why you went. You know, it doesn't matter the reason. What matters is that you did go. And so, yes, this situation didn't work out. But I think especially when it comes to dating, there will be a lot of people where you it, it's not a happily ever after. You don't end up in a relationship with them. They aren't serving the purpose that you thought they would, but they lead you to that next step on your personal growth journey. And those steps are actually what will ultimately lead you to finding your person. So while it wasn't like what you intended on and it wasn't the love story that you thought, it actually ended up being like such an important part of your story. And I think that's something that I really hope people can kind of look back at different dating experiences and maybe even like situationships that have just ended and say like, okay, this didn't go the way I want, but like, look at how much I learned from this. Like, look at how much I grew and like, I'm proud of you and everything you've learned and done in the past, however many months since this ended. And I think that that's something that's so important. Like you took so many steps forward, even though this felt like a step backward at first. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, going back, building, kind of building off of that, um, after the last dating experiences and like talk to my therapist, I feel like every time I would be reminded of her, especially at each time I go back to my hometown, I somehow we always end up visiting the date spots I took her to. But like, I feel like every time I 
those flashbacks from like my emotions for caused me to almost take a step back like in my growth but like I told myself like all right this is the obstacle we need to push through like if we're able to get through it like you're learning and you're implementing the things you've learned along the way which I have and I think one of the biggest things I've learned recently um is and it kind of stems from the problem of like asking these reassuring questions and like me like focusing on the other person's experiences is I never gave the time to focus myself and ask myself almost the same question. Like, am I having a good time? Am I having fun with this person? Do I like them? Like I was asking the person all this and was never giving myself the space and time to ask myself that. So that's definitely like the biggest thing. Like one of, I think probably top three biggest learning moments that I learned and like I'm trying to implement if I explore the dating pool or, and even also other social interactions like ask myself that like put into practice like am I having a good time with these people like um that's something I've never really done with with myself like I feel like I'm a people pleaser and everything I ask and do has to be related to that person it almost stems to the fact of like my happiness depends on another person like for me to be happy the other person needs to be happy like I never was able to provide that for myself I could not relate to everything you're saying more And I think we all go through this one dating experience that makes us realize, oh shit, I've never thought to myself, do I like them? Am I feeling good around this person? And I think that's one of the biggest things that people need to learn, but it's so much easier said than done. It really takes like going through it to have that wake up call. So I'm really, really glad that you did. And yeah, to your point of like, even just beyond your dating life, I feel like in the last like two years, I've started to question, you know, with in some like social circles or friend groups and whatnot, like, how do I feel instead of like, I used to leave rooms and leave, you know, hangouts and think like, oh, like, are they talking about me now? And like, are they saying good things or bad things? Or like, did I make them have a good time tonight? And are they happy that I was there? And now I'm like, wait a second. I didn't feel good for the last three hours. Like I didn't feel comfortable or like I could be myself. And so I've in my own life have just put way more of an emphasis on like spend realizing that and then choosing more wisely, like the people I spend my time with and prioritizing people who I feel really good around. And when I leave, I'm not overanalyzing like, oh, like, well, I left and like the three of them are still there. Like, what are they saying about me? Instead, I'm like, wow, I feel so good right now. And I love spending time with these people. And I think that's like absolutely how people should approach dating. But it's just so hard to get there until you realize like you've been doing the opposite. Exactly. And I feel like these, maybe these first three months of the year, I've been putting that in practice with like my own friend groups. And like, again, now ask myself like, oh, did you have a good time? Like if you didn't, like maybe this is something we don't do again or reflect back on it. And um it's like oh wow like i'm picking up these free these references for examples like when i re-enter when i start dating again whenever that time may be it's like all right now i have like these past examples and like i know how those feelings are to like all right like during these first couple dates like slow down and like ask yourself and like maybe like towards the end of the day like all right don't ask those reassuring questions like do a, a self and reflection like interview with like yourself to make sure you're dating for the right reasons they align on did you enjoy everything they had to say about themselves and stuff like that so um yeah definitely 
agree with everything and biggest takeaway and trying to think of the other biggest takeaway I've learned out of it was, um, hopefully, hopefully it comes to mind. (laughs) Um, um, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. My favorite question to ask, and maybe it'll come up or it won't, but you've shared so much advice and so many takeaways and things that you've learned. I'm curious whether it be from your own experience or from the podcast you've listened to and the, the work you've done or just any other experience in your life, what is the best piece of dating advice you have to share? Yeah. And, um, I'll kind of two prong it cause they kind of build off each other. The one, I think again, the biggest one that I referenced was already, you know, like have fun on these dates. Like, I think that's the core and one of the core foundations of dating, um, is to have fun. So, um, put less emphasis on what you're doing and use this time just to get to know each other. And once you start having fun, I think that opens the door to be your genuine self. You're not going to hide parts of your personality. And again, I feel like that lets you be comfortable with asking yourself, like, am I having fun? Like, I feel like as soon as you take that fun factor away, like it almost, it definitely put me on a mindset of like, start asking these reassuring questions and put less fun and good energy within there. And another thing don't believe in like any kind of curses that you can create for yourselves or any kind of narratives. Like um, I feel like once you kind of start building like these narratives and idea of curses and it just, and you start giving it power, it just starts affecting your dating behaviors. So I know for me, like no longer believing curses. Cause I feel like, again, that pushed my dating speed and anxieties and pushed my anxiety in other people. So don't believe in those kind of things. <laughs> Yeah, they become self-fulfilling prophecies. So Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing everything that you've learned and that you've been through. I there's so much in your story and your experience that is just so relatable. And I think like everybody listening has been like nodding along, being like, Yep, check, like felt that, did that too. <laughs> like need to learn that still. Um, so thank you. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to share? I think we nailed all the big points. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you so much for being here. If you have something that you want to share on an unfiltered episode, shoot me an email at seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to have you. If you have not yet given a five-star rating and review, please do. It helps so much more than you know. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend who would love to hear it. Share it on your story. If you loved it, send it to the whole group chat. And love you so much. I will talk to you guys next time. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!